Good afternoon, Lake Norman. Welcome to your weekly dose of Know the Scene, your show, your spot for what's going on here in the scene in Lake Norman and the towns around and beyond. What are you doing? What are you drinking? What are you eating? What are you seeing? What's the scene around here, man? What's the scene? I'm Justin Dion, your host. Glad to be back this week. I hope everybody enjoyed a great uh, holiday week last week with the Turkey Day and and everything that came along with it. Um, got some got some good things done. Hopefully you you've you've had got over your initial bloat of the couple you know those those extra those extra two to five or so pounds that carry on and get rid of that as we're walking into the holiday season. Hope you got those Christmas decorations up. I know a lot that that was that time my neighborhood on Saturday. Saturday and Sunday, my neighborhood driving around. So all the, all the dads are out there, man, putting those lights up on the ladders, on the roofs, um, all the things. So uh, so I hope everyone's getting into that great spirit. Um, lots of great things continuing on around here uh, in the Lake Norman area. Last Saturday in Cornelius, if you missed Light Up Cornelius, it was fantastic. I really, we really gotta give it up to the town of Cornelius Parks and Recreation Department for really, uh, I mean, really changing that event in a way. I don't want to say change because it was still very always a cool event, and but this was just enhanced. Really, it just it just ramped it up a little bit, kicked it up a notch, kicked it up a notch. They shut down Catawba Avenue, had vendors in the street. They've got a brand new beautiful Christmas tree, like I think it's a thirty or forty foot Christmas tree in the Kane Center Plaza. Um, beautiful. They had sledding out back, like in, in North Carolina in here, they had like, it was cold enough that day that they, uh, I heard Troy Fitzsimmons say they took these big blocks of ice and literally like shape, like ran them through like a grinder and made like these, like this, like snow on the back hill of the cane center and kids were sledding, like tubing down the hill. It was great, but, but really great event. Uh, we had last weekend. This weekend, we've got some continued great things around the area around town. You know, make sure you're checking out your local, uh, you know, Mooresville, Statesville. Uh, I know Cornelius, uh, North Mecklenburg has North Mecklenburg Christmas Parade this weekend. That's on Saturday. It's supposed to rain a little bit, but don't let that scare you away. Uh, so that's happening. You know, lots of wonderful things going on. Um, um, not necessarily like culture, culture per se, but I'm excited for a big football game we have this weekend, Bill. My Florida State Seminoles are in that ACC championship game on Saturday. Go Knowles. That's right. That's right. That's happening Saturday. So excited that. Um, at Kane Center for the Arts, back to the arts and cultural scene, we've got this week running uh if you listen last week, you'll remember we spoke to uh, uh, Robin Tynes and uh, and also uh, Marla Brown from Charlotte Conservatory Theater and Three Bone Theater, and they are presenting this week at Kane Center two shows. One is called The Chinese Lady, and the other is called A Doll's House Part Two. And those are two professional theater companies in Charlotte that are expanding their performances for successful shows that they had in Charlotte up here to our area, you know, just 20 minutes north. Um, so go support them. Check them out. They've got shows on Wednesday, Thursday, uh, and Saturday as well. So please, 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 canearts.org, go and check those out. Uh, support your local your local theater companies as well, your local artists, as well as the great regional and national artists that we bring into. Uh, they all make it happen. Everybody makes it all happen. Uh, so, so we're excited to keep having these great events. Uh, we've got Kane Center coming up. 
uh, December 9th next week. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this in just a second, but December 9th next week we've got the Docksiders coming, and then December 16th we've got Sons of Serendip coming as well uh, for a Christmas show. Uh, and then that final weekend of Christmas, we've actually got uh, December 22nd, Mark O'Connor and his wife Maggie O'Connor doing an Appalachian Christmas. Unfortunately, that is sold out. So sorry about that one. It's it's filled up. But there are some tickets left to Sons of Serendip and Docksiders. Not a lot, though. So I'd encourage you to go to knrs.org, grab those tickets for these shows. Speaking of the Docksiders, we have a wonderful show today and a great guest with us from the Docksiders, Mr. Kevin. Remind me how to say your last name one more time. Suker. Suker. Kevin Suker. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Justin, thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this for a little while. Yeah, we're, hey, we're excited to have you coming to us all the way from Las Vegas, Nevada. We are. We're hopping on planes from Sin City, and we are coming to beautiful Cornelius, North Carolina next weekend. Is it next weekend? Already? It is next. It's it next will weekend. be next weekend, yes. Wow. I remember it being on the on the calendar for some time thinking, okay, we got some time and, and here we are. It's <laughs> it seems to be like after Thanksgiving, time ramps through the end of the year. It just as I'm yeah, getting it, older, that's what I've noticed. No, I agree. I will agree. I will agree one hundred percent with that. I joke with people that like, you know, like after Fourth of July, it pretty much is like fall real quick, and then next thing you know, it's New Year's because that's just it just goes. Right, right. And I think we're also becoming like really accustomed to the Christmas music starting almost immediately after Halloween. Like I remember being yes. younger and thinking like, give us a minute to get through Thanksgiving before we get now. It's like it's it just accept like, it. You just have to just like yeah, exactly right. Just let Mariah run you over already. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Mariah's thawing happens in mid-October now. And then it's just and here we are. Well, I guess. Right. OK. That's right. And if you go to, you know, and if you go into your local Lowe's, you know, they like October decorations are, are pretty much put out by the end by September. And then in October, they've already got Christmas out and you're like, what is going on? I, I don't know what, the, what winter is like in your neck of the woods, but you know, we are new to Las Vegas. We moved here a year ago to open oh. our show here. So it's strange to see we're originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, which cool. Is okay. Wi winter galore, right? Yes. Like below zero can be 17, 20 inches of snow, For like six months. Exactly. For the majority of the year, we like to joke, but it's also, True. Um, but here, when the, the Christmas decorations come out, this will be our second Christmas time here. It's just odd seeing them on the palm trees <laughs> and seeing green grass still. And it's 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 a culture shift. That's the to say the least. Have you if you're in, in Las Vegas? So you've been there two years, you said we moved here a year ago, uh, August. So almost a year and a half. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So so and is it did you, did you and you know, you and your wife move or you got a like a family or? Yeah, we moved the whole band. The entire Docksiders had an amazing opportunity last year to open up our very own headlining residency in Las Vegas. And it's wow. one, of those things, one of those things that happens, you know, if you're lucky enough in your lifetime to be given an opportunity like that. We sat down as a group and we said, listen, this is, you know, this is a, a legit opportunity for us. We we opened a show five nights a week at the Rio, which is just off. The wow. Strip. You guys are at the Rio. And yeah, it was a, it was an amazing opportunity. And everybody in the band um at the point that they were in their lives they said let's do this let's all go for it so everybody moved to las vegas that is so house, cool man <laughs> which was really cool and it just goes to show you like you know i'm 
52 years old. What? I'm not, a, uh, I'm, not I'm, I'm not ashamed to say this. Um, and, you know, I guess I, I, I'm considering this the next chapter in my life, obviously. And your dreams, uh, no matter how old you become, are still worthy of following. And I am a living testament that if you stay true to what passion drives you in your life and and you feel like you put good out into the world, that there really is truly good that can come back to you. So uh, it's, it's a very blessed life. We're very humbled to be given this amazing opportunity to entertain people, not only just in Las Vegas, but we, we did 36 cities this summer. Wow. It's it's a great it's a grateful and the time of year that we're in uh, and being humble about it for me is what uh, marches us forward. I love that. All right. Wow. What what a kickoff. What an introduction. We're going to have to go to break, but stick with us right after the break. We're going to talk more with Kevin from the Docksiders. We're going to learn more about the Docksiders, more about Kevin. Come on back. Know the scene. Welcome back. Welcome back. Tuesday afternoon. Know the scene. Justin Dion, your host here. Uh, really excited, guys. If you're, by the way, um, we thank you for listening. Uh, we also encourage you if you are at home or at work, by chance, you can watch the show on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. And if you are doing that, you will get some extra bonus features um, where we are, uh, Kevin and I will be continuing our conversations during the break. And that, that's broadcast live. So you can find out little bonus feature stuff we talk about during the breaks. Um, and everything else like that. And then also, uh, please, if you have not yet done so and you like our show, you know, go onto your podcast app and look up WSIC Know the Scene and then subscribe to it because then you will get uh, notifications whenever our new shows uh, air after they've aired live. And you can also go back and you can listen to past episodes. And we've had a lot of great guests so far. And we're really excited to keep talking with our guest today, Kevin. So Kevin, again, thank you for being here. What a great kickoff. You got me really excited before the break and during the break. So, But I want to take us back because you have such a story. Take us back. Who, you know, who is Kevin Sucker? How did you, how did you, where are you from? What's your story? How did you get involved in what it is that you do now with music? Thanks. Um, it, it's, it's been an amazing ride. It's been a, a, a mind blowing journey. Actually, I started writing songs when I was like 12, 13 years old, just in my parents' uh, house. Um, always paid attention to the top 40 and Casey Kasem, listening yeah. to the, you know, the top 40 music every Sunday and trying to figure out why songs did what they did, not really understanding what I was to become, uh, but always had an affinity. So as a, as a young writer, I, I, I made a lot, to, a lot of music, uh, was in a band, had some uh, moderate success, never got signed, got, got very close a couple of times, had a development deal with a, a major label that they chose not to move the option on in the early 90s. That um, in uh, during that time, I was also uh, learning how to become a, rec a record producer oh, and, cool. and engineer. So I started building uh, a studio in my parents' basement uh, and I made a ton of records. Um, 
and like of your own out. like just just your own just or like a friends or other bands or what yeah other bands in in my hometown of milwaukee wisconsin oh so nice I was doing, doing tons of records for bands and singers and rappers and and all all sorts of as well as my own music and that took me to um uh, you know in my 30s i had a commercial studio in downtown milwaukee i did a lot of advertising work i would write music or what would be considered jingles for for radio and television ads yeah uh, while that business was any ones pretty, that we would know or like or like national or mostly local up there to the milwaukee uh, a lot of a lot of local and regional stuff to milwaukee nice. I did like the milwaukee brewers our major league baseball team yeah uh, the milwaukee bucks our nba team um that's lot, awesome lots of really cool stuff Some miller light um, miller light maybe yeah did uh, absolutely did a lot of work for for miller <laughs> uh, the miller company that's right um and then uh i made a record for a friend uh, who was signed to Warner Brothers, uh, and we were in a band together when I was 19, and he had married a very famous uh, movie star and was in Los Angeles and um, was in a, a bad situation. Uh, the label wasn't going to put any more money into his career. The, they weren't going to release him from his contract, so he came back to Milwaukee to make a record with no money, uh, called me and asked if I'd be interested. I said, yes, let's do it. That turned into me leaking the single to radio it went to number one what? it resurrected his career and he fired his manager and made me his manager so now i went from this songwriter record producer to artist manager now you got i mean um, you got i mean are you, i mean you got you got to say, say who this person is right like can you say uh, who he, it is he has an r&b artist by the name of eric benet Oh, okay, and he was, okay. He was very famous yes married to yes yes and, okay um, cool so, so I, I managed him for a while wow. and uh, learned kind of the, the business side of the music industry as well. And during yeah. that time with Eric, I had three uh, Grammy nominations uh, in 2009. Well, congratulations. Wow. Thank you. Uh, we had R&B Album of the Year, Best Male Vocal R&B, and Best Traditional Male Vocal R&B Album in 2009 and 2010. Uh, and then um, wound up selling my management company to a couple oil investors in Texas. What? When, yeah, this is this is how crazy, this dude. Story what goes. like, <laughs> this is like, throughout this, like throughout this whole time, I'm not performing anymore, right? So I haven't been on stage. I was just in the studio and and helping artists fulfill their dreams. This is like Entourage. Uh, it's it is. It's crazy. So <laughs> this is where it even gets crazier. While I was setting up my music company for these oil guys, they made me their CEO. Uh, we, they wanted to also make a movie, and we made a movie called Dallas Buyers Club that won what? three Oscars. Wait, what? How did so, I miss this in my show notes, Bill? Bill, yeah. we didn't prep me well enough for this. All right, what's going on? So I'm an uncredited executive producer on that film. We were there for the whole uh, principal photography, um, and that was an amazing experience. I did a a a, a, a uh, music uh, uh, inspired by the film that we donated all the the proceeds to Bono's AIDS charity Red, but, um, which was an amazing project to be a part of. And then in 2017, I'm talking to a friend of mine who is at a big agency out on the East Coast, and I said something's interesting with these cover band these these tribute acts that are playing in real theaters. It's the and thing, man. And he said, man, it's a real legitimate business. And I said, I'm in love with this genre of music called Yacht Rock, yeah. which is loosely described of soft rock hits of the 70s and 80s. And I said, I'm considering coming out of retirement and putting a band together. And he said, listen, I'm going to sign you. I know the quality of work you do. Go put a band together. You have a home here at the agency. Wait, wait which, which floored me. Which agency? What was that? Is, is this the agency? I, this is ICM. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. 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 It, that's where we started. And then, um, 2018, like the, the path was amazing. We took the show on the road. We built it in our hometown. We started playing regionally around the, the Midwest and then branched out to the East coast. Uh, and then, um, an amazing story. I met one of my, my heroes, uh, in Tony Orlando who, um, who came in and, and sat in and did a show with us in our hometown in 2020, uh, and or 2021. And he said, this show belongs in Las Vegas. Are you interested? And if you are, I will get you a theater in Las Vegas for the Docksiders to play. And we said, let's see where this road goes. And fast forward from where you heard the early 13-year-old Kevin Seeger to 50-year-old, 52-year-old Kevin Seeger sitting in Las Vegas as a headliner here. That's uh, amazing. We have our own show here in Vegas. And we are fortunate enough to take the show out very frequently uh, weekends and uh, summertime. We do a pretty extensive tour on top of that. It, it could not be more of a full circle sort of like my dream of being a performer went in other ways, had amazing things, very grateful for professionally happen. And then to be kind of back on stage now, making people happy, playing great music uh, and entertaining audiences couldn't be uh, any cooler. Wow. Wow. That was, I mean, Kevin, that's a lot. That's a lot to unpack, man. It's, that, it's hard that, to say it in a quick amount of time. Too, so I apologize you don't have to. We have, it's okay. We're, we're going to break this down a little bit. We're going to break this down. Yeah, we've yeah. got, we've got, we've got some time. We're not a full podcast format, but we've got some time. Wow. Right well, on. first of all, again, man, congratulations. What, like what a journey. Yeah. You know, and like, so much. and, and what I'm sure took a lot of, you know, resilience and, and commitment and openness and trust on your end in, in many things, right. And in relationships and in yourself and, and, you know, the people that you work with and, and all these things in your skills, right. Wow. And, and it seems like also like openness to developing new skills, right. Yeah. And, and it, it, it's the type of business, the entertainment industry is the type of business that, you know, you, you become known for one thing and then people kind of just see you as that one sure, thing. It's sure. It's very typical. Like even peers that knew me as a, a record producer, when they see me on stage, it's kind of like, uh, I guess, you know, all of us producers play guitar or play keyboards and had to have been in a band at some point in time. But it sometimes takes a bit of a, a leap of, of faith to say, wow, you're really doing something different right now. Um, and it's hard. You know, it was not easy at 38 years old. Um, I had felt like I had done everything I could do. I was still living in Wisconsin. There's no music industry in Wisconsin. And I felt like aside from like pick, picking up everything and moving, I had lived in, in LA when I was 19. I had lived in New York, uh, prior to being, yeah, just I say, a, yeah. So it was 30, but Milwaukee had always been my home and, and, you know, to make connections or to do the networking that's necessary, it's impossible. Even as small as the world is with the internet and Wi-Fi, you know, you have to be in people's faces and you have to be really able to do the work when you're called upon to right. get an opportunity to do that work. Right. The opportunities just weren't in Wisconsin. And it was, it was interesting. I, I, I did a very short stint uh, selling surgical mesh. Uh, which was nothing that I was passionate about. It was, you know, I had two young kids um, figuring I got to grow up at some point in time. Right. The music thing was not really flush. 
Um, and honestly, it was like a light switch happened uh, when my friend called me uh, that I hadn't talked to in a very long time. He went through this very public um, breakup with his wife and he needed to get out of L.A. And he happened to say, I want to come back home and make a record. And you got a studio and you want to want to make some music. And I just said, let's not worry about the business side of it. Let's just make some music. And um, and the Grammy nominations came from that album. And all of a sudden my life changed. And it was just again, you know, they say luck is the 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 culmination of opportunity meets preparation. Correct. Yeah, that's and, my wife yeah. and I always say that too. That is, it's not it's luck. It's opportunity it meets is. preparation. And that's what happened to me. It, and from there, it went on. And I mean, I've worked with Stevie Wonder and Gwen wow. Stefani, and I've worked with my heroes. And and uh, and I've and music has taken me around the world a half a dozen times. And it's been, I've always I say to my kids, uh, you know, if if for some reason uh, my time uh, on the planet ends prematurely. Um, I'm, I'm fulfilled. I, I really set out to do the things that I, I hope to do. My hopes are now as we go on is just to make people happy and to be good to people. And, and I'm a really big firm believer that if you put a lot of good into the world, it comes back tenfold. So, yeah. um, it's been a lot of fun. I love that. I love that. All right. So what's, we're going to continue putting good out into the world after this quick break and a word from the sponsors. So come right back. Know the scene on WSIC. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to this Tuesday's Know the Scene. Justin Dion, your host here, having a really great, really great time um, chatting with Kevin Sucre here from the Docksiders, who are coming to Kane Center on December 9th. Um, by the way, again, please make sure uh, you are listening to us uh, or checking us out on Facebook Live or, or YouTube Live if you have an opportunity. And uh, again, please do make sure that you uh, subscribe to our podcast uh, link on any of the podcast uh, uh, apps that you may use. Just look up WSIC Know the Scene and you can listen to this or any past show. And you also get notified when we have new shows. Uh, if you are listening today and would like to ask Kevin a question, uh, I tell you what, you can give us a call here at the studio, 844-STUDIO-4. That is 844-788-3464. And I tell you what, if you call in... I will also throw in a pair of tickets to the show. And look, those are getting a little, those are getting sparse. Those tickets are getting sparse. So a uh, big opportunity here for a fun night. Um, Kevin, before we really get into like the full experience of a Docksider show, I want to take it back for a minute and unpack just the kill the killer story, man. Again, I was, I was during the break, everyone, I was telling Kevin, I was like, I got the notes I wrote down here, man. They got a, a, a music producer, a movie producer, an artist manager, uh, a, 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 a medical mesh salesman. A, <laughs> exactly. Right. A man of many talents. Um, <laughs> did you, did, so uh, Kevin, did you like go to school? Like, like let's, let's take this back. Did you go to school to study music or anything like that? Completely self-taught. Um, my parents would, if they were sitting here, uh, they're obviously very proud parents. Um, they would say that at three years old, my grandparents had a double-tiered Wurlitzer organ. Oh, wow. And the story goes something like I, they had finished watching the, the music, movie musical Fiddler on the Roof. Classic. So this had to be 1974-ish. 
And I crawled up on the bench of the piano and I was playing the melody of If I Were a Rich Man. Oh, nice. Um, maybe they were imagining I was playing the melody or I was playing something <laughs> similar, but my ear has always been my, um, yeah, right. My, my, my ear is, is I'm an ear trained. I'm, I'm, uh, I hear things very differently. That's awesome. Uh, there's a, there's a movie, uh, that was out. I want to say in the early two thousands called begin again with Mark Ruffalo and Kira Knightley, where she's kind of like a struggling songwriter and he's a failed record producer. It's a very, very uh, beautiful movie. It's a, it's a wonderful story about uh, loss and, and, and not really being successful, but having these amazing talents and abilities. And anyways, Mark Ruffalo's character in this movie um, is there's one scene where she's playing in a club and it's just her and a guitar, but he's looking and he sees like almost ghosts playing all the other instruments. He, he, he's hearing the development and, and, and that's kind of the blessing and the curse that I have. You've got those oral, those oral skills. I hear things and (laughs) I, you know, I can be sitting at a piano and I can hear the entire song in my head and I hear how the instruments should be working with each other and what the way records should sound. And so, yeah, no, no formal training, um, whatsoever just just the ability to to learn and 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 again i'd like to point out for all the young kids uh you know i didn't have the youtubes that all the other right? kids have today right? i had to listen to records on the radio and figure out what they were doing I, I i lucked out that i had you know i mean i could pull up the guitar tab you know like i could do that when i was when i was in high school you know i did have the ability to put well you know at first i had to buy the books before the internet got like really and then by late high school early college you could you know you had guitartabs.com and stuff like that right where you sure. could pull guitar tabs but but that was it man you know but nowadays you know you just pull up youtube and watch someone's fingers and show you where to go and how exactly to do it and there it's great absolutely yeah it's a whole different level of of information that i had no access to whatsoever so did you like did you so so with everything else though did you so did you like study business or anything or no, just had an you affinity. Just learned all right? this. I love just, it. Just have an instinct for for music. I had an instinct, you know. Hopefully, uh, I I loved. You know, I once I left. You know, writing my original music after my career never really blossomed as an original artist. Um, you know, being behind the scenes sort of filled the hole of that performance aspect that I loved so much yeah. being in front of people. And I found a lot of love in in putting a deal together. Right. Yeah. Thinking about creatively how to connect dots love that creatively how to communicate with people how to uh you know help artists you know fulfill what their dreams were and i had a knack i just had a knack of of doing it um you know i i always wanted to i initially wanted to uh to be a lawyer i studied i was pre-law uh, I went to a year and a half of, of college as an undergrad and, and I had a, uh, I sat with my dad at lunch one day and I said, Hey, you know, I know you're, you're amazingly cool by helping me pay for school. Uh, but I don't think my heart lies here. I think, um, I think my, my, Destiny is going to be in music, and I really want to give it a shot. I had an opportunity to write music for a movie when I was 19 years old that required me to move to Los Angeles, and that was my first move. Didn't really pan out the way that I'd hoped for, but it was uh, worthy of, you know, giving it a shot and seeing if it was going to lead somewhere. But, um, yeah, at, at, at points of my life, I do wish that I had some formal education musically. There definitely are players that speak a different language than I speak. For sure. Just but... based upon their educational uh 
prowess uh in music but uh i i i know enough to be pretty dangerous dude that's so i'm i'm really uh i'm identifying a lot with what you're saying right now too because like that's one of the things that i identify with too i i I started as a performer but then found you know a passion and and a and a talent for like you said like that 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 art of helping artists and connecting artists to opportunities and and connecting audiences to artists and you know what i mean and helping to tie people together through it and and i even say jokingly that i'm like i'm like listen man there's art to to being able to build and operate a real good excel spreadsheet i'm like i know that sounds boring to a lot of people but when you get into it there's an art to it that is an art like i completely agree with you you know and, and 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 taking it even further and i left this off my resume but during the pandemic when the world shut down i was hired to run an NPR affiliate radio station. I was the executive director oh, wow. of a radio station called Radio Milwaukee. Uh, and, you know, had a board of directors to report to and 40 employees to figure out how wow. we were going to save this organization. So I took all these skills of business yeah. and relationships. And, uh, you know, in a time when, as you know, being an ED of a performance venue, the world shut down. Right. They were the first to shut down and the last to reopen. Right. Um, the Docksiders felt it. We were just at the beginning of our wonderful sort of trajectory out into the world. Right, especially and you guys just started like, in 2018, so you were just oh, like man. hitting stride probably. We were starting to get some – our 2020 calendar looked incredible, and it just came to a halt like everybody else did. And then the idea of like when the world was going to open again – there were a million other artists that were trying to get out and fill their calendars. Right. And and how does like a younger baby band, like I called us, how do we, you know, get in and get certain dates while everybody else in the world is, but you know, there was a while it felt like it was just like, there were so many shows, right? Like so many shows. There was, so there was like a backlog and there, and there was, I mean, there was literally a backlog of all these artists that had contracts and stuff and rescheduled yeah. shows and rescheduled shows. And it was just like, boom, 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 like a traffic but, jam of, of shows. Do you remember it, it was so celebratory? Oh yeah. It was fantastic. The pandemic. And it was like, we're open again. And like, I remember our first show out of the pandemic where it was like, wait, we have to take masks off. And it was, you're in this sort of like bubble of like, we're going to be the only ones in the room without masks on, but yet there were all these rules of people that had to have vax cards and show things. And it was this sort of just giant cluster of like, what do, what are we doing? And, and how, how is this, you know, but there was just this life, this celebration of life that happened at least for us feeling like, wow, we're back into the world a little bit now. And it's feeling like, amazing yeah like what my first my first show concert that i attended after my first post-pandemic concert was actually a tribute band Uh, it was an aerosmith tribute band here at a at an outdoor venue here in lake norman at boatyard and it was a great and it was but it was you know it was just so great to be and they're fantastic of course but like it was just so great to be back out you know and seeing a band and seeing live music and being around others in that way. And it's been so great to see that continue. And I think, you know, I know some of us and, you know, I'm sure you're industry. I mean, you know, some things are still struggling to balance, right? Like what are audience, you know, what are audiences doing now? Like sales are happening at different times than they used to. And what does the audience really want now? And it's, I mean, those things have always been a challenge, but it's still, it's still tough to figure out now. But I do think that there's still a, a, I mean, people still are like, nah, man, I want to go out when I can. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Cause I, it's, it's like, we, 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 we felt what it was like to literally have to be without. Yeah. 
you know, I came to Las Vegas during the pandemic. Uh, I don't even, uh, it was, it was for a business meeting and I remember walking into the casinos and they were open, but they were open very strangely. I remember walking by a poker room and seeing plexiglass screens up where players would be sitting at the tables, separating them from other players. Wow. Wow. And, and and then coming here to look for a place to live at the, in early 2022, it was February of 22. So you know, a couple of years, not not too far from the from the beginning of the pandemic. But Vegas was just like, you know, flourish, flourishing with with life and and people. And as you can imagine, like. You know, we've learned, you know, Vegas is a completely different animal than any other city that we play in because there's 300 <laughs> options right. for people I tonight, literally Tuesday night here. There are, it's, how do you decide what you're going to go see? You know, it, it either comes down to what you want to spend or what your, you know, what your budget is or, right. or what you're in the mood for. But, you know, um, it, it, it's very interesting, you know, now being a Vegas resident to see how this city um, thrives not only just on the tourism side of people coming to have you know their their two three day weekend trips to Vegas, mm-hmm. but like you know the conventions that come to town and how entertainment has responded post pandemic. It wow. feels it feels very interestingly different than it did uh, obviously pre pandemic too. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we've come out of it, and we're gonna come back to everyone now after another quick break. Come back to us. We're gonna wrap it up here with Kevin talking more about the Doc Sires in the show. Know the scene. Well, some 41 throwback there all right welcome back know the scene tuesday afternoon we're having a killer time today hanging out and talking with mr kevin suker from the docksiders he's coming thank to us so from oh on, dude man. thank this you a great conversation yeah i tell you man i i keep saying this every time we do one of these to bill afterwards but i swear we just need to figure out a way to transition this to like a podcast show because because i just i i start talking to everyone and we just we just start jamming and next thing you know it's over and there's so many things to like unpack like through this right yeah. i mean i'm like man i want to like get kevin back on sometime maybe we'll just talk about something like music producing or, or you know or just like that it's just so many cool things um so but what i want to do now in this last little bit uh by the way again everyone if you have not been listening or paying attention during the um the breaks on like facebook live um you should go back and listen later and watch later because kevin has some great conversations we just talked about the sphere the Las Vegas sphere thing that you guys may have seen. Lots of cool things about that. Kevin has some cool things to say about that. But what I want to talk about now is let's talk Docksiders. All right, let's talk. You guys are coming. You got your show in Vegas. Let's let's start. Let's just start, dip our toe in. Help paint the picture for everyone of Yacht Rock. Imagine it's 1981 and you're cruising the Hamptons with your friends. You're wearing fluorescent color polo shirts with your collars popped listening to the soft smooth rock sounds of christopher cross michael mcdonald kenny loggins hall and oats this is what we are bringing to cornelius north carolina the cane center on the 9th of december we are bringing the the yacht we are going to drop anchor 
in at the Kane Center on the ninth, <laughs> and we are going to be playing the smoothest, softest rock you guys have heard in a long time. So we're bringing a little flavor of Las Vegas to North Carolina that we're really excited about. It is a fun show. There's a lot of energy. There's going to be a lot of songs that you're going to hear that you, I promise you, you haven't heard in a long time, and you're going to go, oh, I love that song. And wow, it's kind of... Uh, it's kind of, it, it takes me back. We always say, and I think I said this when we were off air, we always say our shows f- seem to be very therapeutic uh, to people that grew up in the 70s and 80s and even younger, right? Some of my, even my, my kids, I've got some, some 20-something kids that are, are now discovering this music on their it's own. It's on a comeback. It really is. It really is. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's, um, it, it's, we don't take ourselves too seriously on stage, which makes for a fun night. Um, uh, but, but we, we also don't, you know, we don't ridicule ourselves either. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a really cool balance of, of self-deprecating humor and, um, and the music that we grew up listening to. The show is based about, uh, my life and my career. Um, so, you know, it's not surprising that you didn't, you didn't know about it. You haven't seen our show. And uh, sometimes it's, it's hard to lead with, Hey, I'm Kevin Seeker. I'm a three-time Grammy nominee and a three-time Oscar winner. You kind of learn that, that this is the music that helped put me on course. So your show has a little bit of like a story to it. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and, um, there's a video that plays right before we go on that really kind of sets up the entire night, explains who I am, explains who the Docksiders are and where I've come and what this music has meant to me and why I put this band together with these incredible musicians and, and world-class singers. So we're really excited to come and, and, and play, you know, we always kind of hold our breath when you come to a new, a new city, you're, you're like, well, I wonder how they're going to react. I wonder if the ticket sales are going to be great. I wonder if it's going to be one of those audiences that is there to party or they're there to listen. Uh, you know, every every audience tends to have like a group personality. Yes. And we find that, you know, with Yacht Rock, the music is so positive and uplifting that if people are there to hang out and have a great night and they're there to have some cocktails and party, it's going to be an amazing, enjoyable night. If it's not, if people want to sit back and watch, we understand that too. The music is 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 not, you know, three chord pop songs. This is very intricate music to play. You need great musicians on yeah. stage that can replicate the music. And we take pride. Uh, you know, there's a couple other yacht rock bands around the country that are doing the same sort of thing, but we feel that we're very different. We try to replicate the record and the recorded versions of these songs to to a T. So wow. uh, we take it very seriously to make sure. So your saxophone player certain. is no joke. Oh man, he's he's playing note for note these solos that these legends. Is there any careless whisper? Perhaps. Oh, see now now you're getting into really Sorry. interesting territory. This is where we need another another uh, hour to <laughs> chat. But there are certain songs that are considered yacht rock and certain that aren't. Oh, yacht rock purists would say. God forbid you play Careless Whisper in a Yacht Rock show. You're breaking all the rules. Well, I, how on interesting. the other hand, tend to believe like you need to play songs that make people happy. And if they want to hear songs that are blurring the lines of what Yacht Rock might be, but might be considered soft rock, I think that's appropriate. So, so, so literally there's there are rules? You, you said a phrase I think I never thought I would hear, and that was Yacht Rock purist. Dude, there's a culture and a sub subculture of these people that are like there's a website called yacht or not 
and they rank songs by their yachtiness. Bill, and I know Justin's in the room with you. This has got to happen yeah. tomorrow morning show. Play yeah. Yacht or Nyat. Yacht or Nyat on tomorrow's morning show, please. It's so cool. <laughs> it's it's really a, an interesting subculture. Man, but if yeah, I had known so, that, we would have done that live today. Like we would have right. like part of the show would have been we're gonna play Yacht or Nyat. <laughs> this is great. I love that. That's <laughs> a lot, a lot to unpack. So maybe, maybe some careless whisper. Maybe I don't want to ruin the show. Funny story. We actually have John Oates himself coming to Kane Center in April. So I saw that on your schedule. Doing his like blues kind of solo songwriter storytelling show. It's great. He, he is the sweetest man. Um, in 2002, when I was still doing original music, I opened for Holland Oates on part of their tour. What? So uh, John Oates used to stand in the wings and he would watch me play my 20 minute set uh, and was very, very sweet. I've and, heard he's a super, super oh, nice man. Such a great guy. Yeah, such we're really guy. excited to have him too. Um, almost as excited as we are to have you guys. There we go. I love it. <laughs> we're excited to come, man. I'm not joking. Do you guys do the costumes? Well, um, like... I know. Sorry, so I'm gonna set the stage. I know some. Sometimes I've seen some of the yacht rock. I, I was at a booking conference a couple of years ago at Aiba, and there was a yacht rock band, in, and they literally dressed up in the like these like yacht captain, like everyone was in the white the white things. Sure, but you guys don't sure. do that, right? You don't go that far. No, if you see our website, we we're 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 more. Uh, it's more of a Vegas show band. Yes. So I'm I'm the captain. I wear a captain's hat on stage, and then we wear a lot of sequins. It's yes. a lo- It's a it's a it's a very sort of I love polished. It. Love it. Uh, produced show uh, that that will make people hopefully leave saying, "When are you bringing those darn docksiders?" It'll happen. It will happen. I'm already feeling it. Like it's yeah. gonna happen. And I'm and listen, folks, listening. I'm not kidding. We got like there are less than fifty tickets left to this Have show. It, has it, out of curiosity, has anybody called for those two tickets? Not yet. They haven't, but they're missing out. Well, let me sweeten the deal by throwing in a couple Docksiders t-shirts and a couple captain's hats. Like, what? If you call in, not only are you getting two t-shirts, but you're going to get some swag and a captain's hat. To yeah, wear. come on. You'll get tickets. You'll get swag to wear for the show, guys. Come on. Yeah. Call in. Yeah, sorry. Call in. The number is 844-788-3464. Again, 844-788-3464. You got like, what, four minutes left in the broadcast, Bill? Three. Three minutes left. Call in so you can win two tickets to the Docksiders with some T-shirts and captain's hats. Done deal. Guys, party on, Wayne. Like, party on, Wayne. Wings. Uh, are you, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Buffalo Wings and Buffalo Wings. Are you, um, so, so I just have to ask this too. Um, I just have to, are, with it being the holiday season, are there any perhaps surprise holiday Yacht Rock songs that might show up? There might actually be. What? Um, there might actually be, we don't, you know, we haven't put together a full, you know, sort of Christmas with the Docksiders show yet. That's something we've been talking about. That's next year. Wink, wink. A good couple of years, but we easily, uh, should probably be thinking about that because you know, that, that, uh, is a, a, a wonderful concept for many reasons, but, uh, we, we do have, uh, we, we, we will be ending the night with a, a celebratory Christmas. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, moment. Yeah. I'm telling you guys that are listening. If you haven't heard the show today and you're just joining us, you got to get some tickets to see the Docksiders. I mean, and there, and, and, and the few that are left, by the way, um, because this is just going to be a fantastic show, just a great time, um, fun. But you, but but not just fun, but you will hear some some absolutely phenomenal artists, like from 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 what 
Kevin has described, and from what I've seen as well, you know, obviously you guys can go online and YouTube and watch all the things. I mean, he said it like they are they are going to focus on playing your favorite songs from the seventies and eighties. Now, yacht rock is soft rock with mixed. Sorry, I don't want to mess it up now. now yeah, no, like no, you're, you're right on. It, yacht rock is loosely uh, there's a, there's a, diff, a, a, a technical definition of what yacht rock is, which we tend to not really speak much of because it talks to the musician ah. that's in the audience. Yacht rock was recorded during a, a, a small window of years by essentially the band Toto that played on almost every record in the late seventies and early eighties. Um, and that's what basically is considered yacht rock, but, um, the masses have kind of made it more than just that narrowed purist description of what yacht rock is. So we like to call it soft rock hits of the seventies and eighties where yacht rock ends is like really like 1983, but we're playing songs into like 1985, Oh, good, you know, you know, like we feel like the audience. Hey, we need to give audiences what they came to hear, which are which are songs that they love. Yeah, they and, don't need the um, bar. They don't yeah. need they don't need barriers put around them. All right. Well, hey, we had a caller. Hope, Hope called in and talked to Bill. Congratulations, Hope, on winning some tickets and t-shirts and some captain's hats. Come to the show. Bring some friends with you, Hope. You get two, but bring more friends with you as well. Um, listen, we got to wrap it up, guys. Uh, Kevin, thanks so much. Justin, wow! Thank you. So, so great much. chatting with you. So great meeting you. We will see you in a few weeks, a week and a half. Guys, get Looking those tickets. Check us out next week. Know the scene. Everyone have a great week.